You are listening to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast with Nick Benson and Justin Moss, where we talk about being salt and light in a bland and dark world. Hey, how's it going, everyone? We're here on uh, Friday, September 11th. Uh, my name is Nick Benson. I'm here with Justin Moss, and we're here to talk about September 11th, uh, 2001, and where we were, and uh, kind of reflect on on uh, just the impact it had on us when when it happened. And uh, for me, I was man, not, I can't even. I probably should have done the math ahead of time to figure out how old it was. But um, I man, I remember I was getting ready for um, for school, but for Chafee College, and I was in like an auto class. And uh, woke up like a normal day, and my dad was still um, at home, which it was weird because he normally left, you know, in the five five in the morning usually because he um, works like the industrial side of the hospital. So he's like delivering things and working the truck and all the warehousing part for supplies and everything like that. So he's usually gone by the time I'm like up in the morning. That's how it usually always was. Uh, so the fact that he was like still there kind of threw me off because I was like, oh man, the house is still like open, like you know people, it's like people are still home, which normally it was closed up, like everyone was gone. Um, and I, you know, come around the corner from the family room, and he's like sitting on his uh, like lazy boy chair, and like just kind of just sitting there watching the TV. And at that point, that's you know I'm seeing him to my right, and I look to the left where uh, the TV is, and it's you know it's. Um, it's the news uh, of what was going on. And at this point, I, I wanna say at this point, both planes had already hit. So I didn't see, I didn't see it like happen live like he did. And that's why he was still, I think, sitting there kind of like in a, like a shock state of mind where he had just watched like a movie, but in real life, you know, on the news and, uh, I remember he kind of, I just asked him, like, what, what, you know, why are you still here? What are you watching? You know, like, because thinking it was like a movie. It, lo- it didn't look real because in my lifetime that, that I remember, nothing like that had happened. So right. um, nothing like that. Like, we didn't really experience the war side of things that I saw, you know, especially just being in the, you know, the late teens, early 20s of my life. And uh, he kind of told me, you know, oh, man, they, you know, they... They flew planes into the World Trade Centers, and at that point, I didn't even really know what even the World Trade Centers were. Like, I, just, I was like, "Oh, that's a big thing. I know that." Um, that sounds but, important. Yeah, like, I, but but I was like, "Oh, that's a, you know, I I didn't already know that, or I didn't know that there was already like a history of like a, another bombing there before, you know, a few uh, 10, 15 years before that. I can't remember how like um, that side of it, but." Um, for me, I was like, that doesn't look, it doesn't seem real. Like, so it, it didn't grasp what ha- was happening. Um, my dad ultimately had to finish and then still go to work. And then I finished and went to school, but school like was just different at that point. It just seemed like, almost like what we're dealing with right now where it's all hazy outside and kind of smoky. I felt like the day felt like tented and, mm. and uh, the sun wasn't fully as bright as it normally should have been. I don't know, you know, like I just, um, had like a weird eerie feeling to it and um, I had a, a classmate who was from Massachusetts and he he um, he was like really broken and kind of kind of like ultimately bummed and worried about his family because at that point nobody knew what else was gonna right. happen or who right. else was gonna get attacked or uh, anything like that so it definitely changed um even my perspective on outside of my little bubble, you know, like where I was like used to, like I said, I didn't know any of this kind of stuff was even happening in the world mm-hmm. where, you know, things like that would be even a, a target to be attacked. And, and it, you know, slowly but surely, you know, from that time, I kind of not fully paying attention, but started, you know, being aware of things as they changed from that period in my lifetime. Because I, before that, I don't think I had much saying it I was just you know going to school and kind of living the home life because I was going to school and then when I graduated and kind of getting into these 
um, you know, like working on cars or working at the at the time I was working at uh, a bike shop too, Bumpsteads in Ontario, and it was just a, it was an eye-opening experience of outside of what my everyday life was. Like, oh man, there's really like other things going on that not not necessarily I need to be engulfed in, but I should at least care for what's going on, you know, because like, it was, right. I was blind to it, you know, in so many different ways. And I, and we can spider web off of that in so many different ways, but, um, but it was definitely a, an experience in my life that kind of changed, um, the kaleidoscope of like how I saw, um, everything really, you know, and one of the ways, so, you know, like there was definitely other things that impacted my life, but that was definitely one of those moments where I was like, oh, this is like, there's like a real enemy against you know not just a country or not against the building or the people that were inside that building but just kind of people that are just against people like in it, but in an evil way you know whereas it's tangible yeah yeah and re- yeah exactly got real got real how about you yeah so similar situation but i i i remember that morning so vividly because like that was one of the first mornings like i was like oh i don't have to i don't have to go into work until later so I was like, like Marla took the kids and then I was just sleeping in. I was like, I'm going to sleep in. And she comes in the room and she's like, Hey, like planes are, 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 are flying into buildings. And I was like, you know, when you wake up and you hear, I'm like, what are you talking about right now? She's like, just turn on the news. So I turn it on. And as soon as I turned it on, the second plane was going into the building. Oh, man. And I flipped the channel. I was like. And then it hit me, like it clicked on what she said and then what I just saw. And then the next channel obviously had the same thing Mm -hmm. on, like every channel had that on. And I was just staring at it, like trying to digest it. Like, is this real? Like what is, what what is happening? And then as they're speaking, more information is coming and it hits me. It's like, Hey, look, this is New York. This is the twin towers. And they're talking about, we don't know how, 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 how bad this is. And then I kind of like kicked into like a, a, a dad mode. I'm like, wait a second. You just, you just dropped our kids off. Like we we got to go get our kids back. Like I don't, I don't know what this is. We got to go get our kids. So we're talking and discussing and I'm getting ready and watching the news. And like slowly but surely, like it's all starting to like set in like what this means. And the first thing that came to mind after my kids was that we're, we're being attacked mm-hmm. on our own soil. Yeah. Which, I mean, like I can't remember since like the Civil War that we've been attacked on our own soil from, from, a, from a foreign enemy that bad, right? Obviously there's been smaller ones, but something like that. And then it became like, how, like how wide is this risk? And then I was just like, I was glued to the news all morning. We went back and got the boys. Obviously the schools were closing. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of time. They're like, hey, come pick your kids up, right? We, we don't even know what this is. And by the time they got home, like I, I remember, I remember calling my boss. I'm like, Hey, cause I worked at, I worked at a, a clothing store. I'm like, hey, are we can be open. He's like, I don't know, I don't know. He's like, but if you can, just show up because I don't know how many people are, are, are waiting at the store. So I showed up there. One of the guys um, that actually worked with me, in, uh, up until that point, I actually considered him a friend. And then when I showed up, he was he was smiling. And I was like, I looked at him. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's wrong with you. So I opened up and I told him, I go, hey, look, I don't know how long we're gonna be here. But let's just let's just get everything clean and, 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 and done that didn't get taken care of last night. So if we do have the jet, you know, it's, it's not on somebody else. And he's like, and he's smiling at me and he's like, can you, can, he's like, can you believe that? He's like, you know, sometimes people, he said, sometimes people get what they deserve or something to that comment. And like, I, like I felt myself like starting to boil over. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to knock this dude out. I'm going to get fired. And then I got to go tell my wife, like you know, everything that happened. Cause I was, I was hot and then I just, I, I walked away from him and I took like four steps and then I came back and I was just like, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't hit him, but I'm going to yell at him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just told him and I got in his face and I pointed my finger right at his nose. I'm like, dude, you don't even know what happened today. And he's like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, you know, and then it, he, he, once he said what he said next, it kind of made sense. He's like, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's like, you know, I have family in Iraq and they've been mistreated and I was like, it, it kind of hit me. I was like, all right, now I know why you're being stupid, right? You just don't know any better. Mm-hmm. It's not that you actually have malicious intent, mm-hmm. but like you kind of see this as, you know, kind of get at the government. Yeah. And then I just told him, I go, there's real people mm-hmm. in those buildings that are dead today. Mm-hmm. Like real people 
that, that, that aren't going home to their families, real people. And I just started going off on him and my fingers in his, in his nose and I'm going off on him. Then after that, you know, it, it's probably only an hour more and then I'm able to, 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 to go back home. But that whole day was just like a, like you said, like it was a little bit darker, but it was just like a fog. Like it was not real. Like this wasn't, this wasn't happening. And the interesting thing was while you were talking about that, I thought about how this, how COVID-19 kind of shut everything down. And there was a period of time where if you went out, you might be the only person out. Mm-hmm. I remember going on a run and everything was just so quiet. Yeah. It was so quiet. And it, it was the same thing that night. Nobody was out. Everybody was glued to their TV. You know, it wasn't announced like a stay-at-home order, but nobody was going anywhere, yeah. right? And it was, it, was, it was one of those surreal days that, um, you know, without going into too much more detail, it, was, it, it blew my mind. And I was, I was sad. I cried. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, at the time, I had just finished um, school to be a firefighter. I was like six months out. Oh, wow. Just finished school to be a firefighter. Hmm. And I was like, I was thinking, like, is this what I want to do? Hmm. <laughs> this is pretty crazy. And I thought to myself, like, what would I do if I was in that situation? And I was like, wait, I mean, I'm going to go save somebody's life. Yeah. I, I, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't care much about mine, right? I'm going to go save somebody else's. Yeah. At least I can have some honor in that and stand next to a, a brother who's willing to do the same thing. And then it's oddly enough, Marla asked me the same thing. She's like, would you have gone in there? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Right? And she's like, no, you don't. And I was like, yeah, you don't understand. You're a girl. Yeah. I, t- I told her that, you know, I was like, yeah, I understand. Yeah. And then, and, and then she was like, it has nothing to do with that. I was like, you're probably right. But at the same time, like, it's like, some of it's like a macho thing. Like, this is what men do. But the other part was like, that's, that's my duty. That's my calling. That's a duty. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what I signed up for. I didn't, you know, I didn't train all this time to not do that. Yeah. To be like, oh, okay. So I was like, that was dangerous. I'm not going to go in there. But what about afterwards, Nick? What about afterwards? Because there's. There's, there's something cool in my mind that happened days after that. So, what did you see afterwards? Okay. And you're how old right now? See, when you said you were in school, yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, we got to put this in perspective. Right? I was not said, in school. You said Marla, <laughs> so that means you were married. Right? I was married. And you said kids. Kids, and I so had, had kids. kids in school. So, let's get this out here first. I'm 38. All right, I'm 42. Okay. So, for me, at that time, you know, probably, you know, mass bad for me, but I'm in the 19 range, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, besides the perspective of how real it was, and that did play a role in decisions, uh, decision-making moving forward, uh, one of them being kind of what you're talking about, how you went to school to be a firefighter. I was at school to be an, uh, you know, basically a mechanic, and I had already been approved to go to UTI at that point, and I uh, backed out because I was like, man, I don't know if that's really what I see myself doing for my entire life, so what's the next best thing? Do auto through like a community college, but I wanted to like do it through a, a, a reputable one, so it was either Citrus or Chafee, and I chose Chafee. Um, just because they were a little more broad and it wasn't just one brand where UTI you had to pick a certain brand same with citrus It was just becoming like a Toyota program and <laughs> and so I was like I was like I want to learn like it, The broad, you know general like if, if things go wrong, I want to be able to fix it I don't know if I want to do it for my career mm-hmm. um, At the same time I was working at a bike shop. So from that stand from that that day I remember it being real to the point of having to make a decision on what I wanted to do moving forward. So I was like, oh, like, do I really want to be a mechanic? I really liked baseball, and I was able, because I had units, I was able to play summer baseball for Chafee. Mm. So I was, like, kind of reliving a little, like, moment, you know, like, <laughs> feeling like... Glory days. Yeah, like, feeling like Uncle Rico. I can <laughs> throw the football over the, over the mountains, but... I had to. I had a moment where after that, it was like, all right, well, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna do that? And what is that gonna lead to? Or the bike part of it? I feel like no, I'm not gonna be a pro rider. But I feel like being a mechanic or even being involved in the bike shop, maybe I would work towards 
owning one or having some sort of splinter off of the one I was working at because I knew their family pretty well and like I was pretty invested in that. So from that day, I felt like that those decisions had to start getting more real and being graduated and being, like I said, 19 and kind of moving forward. I had to make a decision like, do I want to live at home all my life and do nothing, you know, for the next couple of years while I either go to school for something I'm going to hate for the rest of my life or am I going to take something serious that I actually like to do and bike, bike I mean I've always liked bicycles and and yeah I don't get to ride it as much as I used to but it's still amazing to be able to like talk about bicycles all day long when I would have to be doing so many other different things that I would probably hate and, and if I didn't take that path and, and I feel like 9-11 was one of those turning points where I started making real decisions or started thinking at least that I needed to start making real decisions mm. That's cool because it was. It's interesting to hear like where you were, right, mm -hmm. and then and then where I was, right. Because Marla and I start. We started our family really early, right, really early. So Anthony, our middle, was like a little baby. Okay. Right, he was a baby, and then Jonathan was the one that was actually he was in school. Okay. So it was it was, it was interesting when you said that, like when you first said that you know you're getting ready for school, and I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not that old. Am yeah. I, am I the old guy? <laughs> yeah. Does it just happen? Yeah. But I think, I think that the, the the moments after that were, it was it, it it seemed to slow life down, and I had a lot of time to think and analyze what I was doing. Right. I didn't. You know, I worked at I worked at a suit store. I didn't want to sell suits for, for the rest of my life. It's, I, I I knew that. I couldn't stand the the schedule. I liked working with the people and it was a ton of fun and there was like which is bad for somebody who like me, but there was a ton of downtime, right? Mm -hmm. Because like during the day, like nobody's buying suits. Yeah. So you know, we play ping pong, we throw football around. Yeah. You know, it got to the point where, you know, <laughs> sneak in like video game consoles, like it was just it was a little bit out of control. But I had so much time to think about, like I, I and I, and I, I wanted to be a firefighter. Like I already went to school. I did really good in the school. Um, I got, I got, I got like a lot of accolades and stuff. And I was actually in the process of interviewing with LA City Fire. I was in the process, and I was like, well, this is it. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do my thing. Mm. And they're gonna need firefighters. And I was contemplating, like I was even talking to Mark, like, hey, should we, should we move to New York? <laughs> Unfortunately, I know I can go work there, like right now. Yeah. And I remember at that time, we, we could ride along on shifts at certain departments. And then over at um, Monrovia Fire, we could actually, we could roll with them pretty much, you know, whenever, whenever, whenever we wanted. Montebello would, uh, would let us too. So it was cool because you just got to go on calls. And the more comfortable the guys got with you, you would actually be able to do, you'd be able to do stuff. Mm. Which was it was it was pretty legit because you know it's one of the one of the one of the cooler jobs yeah. to, to have you know especially if you like action right. Yeah. But as that time was happening, I I was I was playing softball, and uh, I was actually playing softball over at, at Rancho Cucamonga at the Quake Stadium just outside of it. I was playing softball there uh, through work, and uh, I slid into second base and I just blew up my left ankle. Mm. Like the bag wasn't all the way in. So when I slid in foot first, like the bag popped up a little bit, just enough for my foot to get over there. And I was going to do like a stand up slide yeah. and my foot just stuck and mm -hmm. I just, it just, like I blew it up. It, it, it swole up so big. The thing that sucked is the next week I had my background interview oh, man. For, the for, the, for the fire department. Yeah, so I had to man. call them and say, Hey, look, is there any way I can push my background interview? And the lady, he's like, she's like, you don't want to do that. And I was like, well, I, I kind of have to. She's like, no, you don't want to do that. And I'm, I'm telling her I have to. And she's like, well, what's so important that you, th that you think that you're going to push this interview for? And I go, well, I'm on crutches right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I should show up to that background interview on crutches. And she's like, well, do you have a cast? And I go, it's a soft cast. It's on the bottom part. And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, okay. She's like, we'll email you and let you know. And I was like, oh, man, I just blow it. And I was like, just, can you just tell me the next day? She's like, we'll email you. I promise we'll email you. I go, that's, that's fine. Within, within like two weeks, I got an email and I got a date that was a month out. Between that email and that month, I actually got, I don't know, you know what vertigo is, right? Oh, yeah. So I got vertigo. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I got vertigo. Yeah, and it was tax. Yeah, seriously. Crazy. The enemy was like, yeah. the enemy was just after me, is what I thought, right? But it turns yeah. out God was at work here. Yeah. But, um, shutting doors, huh? Huh? He, he was. was uh, it yeah. wasn't because of my sin, nigga. Big to differ. Big to differ. Way back. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Um, but, like, I had that vertigo, and then I, I remember getting up out of bed, and then I, I got up and I, like, fell because it was so, like, I was, everything was so sideways. And I was like, this is so weird. I can't stand up straight. The room is spinning. Like, my gut's all messed up, and I can't, like, I'm, I got a headache. So I just laid back down. I was like, I got to sleep this off. And it wasn't like I had, like, done anything the night before that would, would cause that type of reaction. Mm-hmm. And immediately, you know, because your brain starts thinking, I was like, I have a brain tumor. It's not a, it's not a tumor. It's a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> so I immediately thought I had a brain tumor. Like, no joke. And then finally I had to wake Marla up. Took, she had her taken to the hospital. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. We're getting ready to leave. And then I go, I, I have to vomit. I go in the bathroom. I throw up. And then, we're, and then you know, the nurse comes in. She's like, where is he? My wife's like, he's in the bathroom. Like, what happened? Like, I, just, I just threw up. They gave me this medicine right before that. They're like, did you throw up the medicine? I go, yeah, I'm assuming I did. And the doctor comes in. He's like, okay, you know, you're going to go. We can't find out what's wrong. He's like, what happened? And like, I just, I just threw up. He's like, oh, I know what's wrong now. I just looked at him. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I know what's wrong now. I just needed that one symptom. Hmm. I was like, what is this, like, checkers? Yeah. So it's COVID. <laughs> it's COVID. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you got COVID. Yeah. Don't, write, don't write that down. We're going to save this. We need this to shut down the country in 2020. Save that. <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> did, did you guys already give him the vaccine? Oh, damn it. <laughs> now the vaccine that you can't tell anybody. Where's our memory eraser? Look yeah. at the memory eraser. Look into the light. <laughs> Look into the light. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> and, and then I woke up in a pool of sweat. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I came home and I was like, I was super bummed because I realized, number one, this was all my medical my ankle is like okay mm-hmm. and I have that interview coming up and at, at, you know the, and the, this was like the precursor to your background where they ask you a bunch of questions and then they're gonna actually do your background to find out mm-hmm. did you lie yeah. who are you they go ask your neighbors and all this stuff and then I had so much time you know days and, and a couple of weeks to think about it that I just I figured I figured I was it I couldn't I couldn't be a firefighter I can't wake up like that in the firehouse and then and then say hey guys you're down a man because some departments only run with three people yeah they need you so you know, at that point I was like super bummed because my heart because of 9-11 was so devoted to this and being the best like you know firefighter that I could be that I was just I was absolutely crushed but the Lord obviously had so much so much more in mind yeah but trip out I still got that though. Yeah, I mean that's what when you started talking about the fire stuff, I was like, man, you're you got a, you know, New York Fire Department sweater there, right? On display. On display because I wore it today, right? Because yeah. it was nine eleven. But the the cool thing is the guy that gave me that, um, I worked with him, and it was like three years after all this had taken place, and um, he was quitting. Mm. He comes in and he quits. And he's like, he's like, hey man, you're you know, I'm I'm, I'm leaving. You've been awesome, whatever. And I was like, what happened? And then he's like, I just, I got another job. He's like, he's like, but you know, my brother was a firefighter in New York City and passed away. I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, well, I want you to have this. And he gave me that sweater. And then I pushed it back to him. I was like, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. I go, dude, you need to keep that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't. And I was like, yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. All right, you just put it in a box and you can't look at it right now, yeah. but you need to keep that. Yeah. That's something you, you're, you're going to regret giving away. And he's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, I know your background. And I know how hard you work, and I know how sad you are that you can't do it anymore. I go, but that's your brother. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, oh, no, you need to keep it. And it took me like five years to wear it. Like I wouldn't wear it. I was like, man, I can't. And then after a while, like I, I wore it kind of like as like a badge of honor. Like that guy gave it to me, because like, yeah. that's a, that's a legit, yeah. legit sweater. Straight from, the, yeah. straight from the fire department in New York. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I saw you flipping. Oh, Some sorry. No. no. No, I was uh, actually wondering a definition because. <laughs> Oh, sin? Uh, sin. <laughs> um, no, but I was telling you about the, the verse that was standing out earlier, the Romans um, chapter 8, verses 17. I was actually going to look up what, what 
heirs, what, you know, the definition of heirs, because I didn't want to have to say heirs, and now you made me say heir, oh, heirs. I could have told you. That's all right. <laughs> it's like who it's going to be handed, you know, next of kin, basically. Correct. Right? Okay. Yeah. What your family possessions are handed down to. Like, there's heirs to uh, a family fortune is, 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 is how normally it is. So, like, your, your children are heirs to your fortune. Right. So, and it says in verse 17 that since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Um, and then verse 18, yet we, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So it just, you know, like it makes me think of of the suffering of, you know, everyone that... Ha Everyone was like everyone's life was affected. I feel by nine eleven. Anyone that was alive, no matter how old you were, you know, like we're like you know, a five year difference, but we were at different stages of life. But yet it. Why did, did you have to point out the five years? It did, it did have. A, it doesn't sound as bad when you're older. It just is when you're younger. No, so depends you on your perspective. You're good. I have more gray hairs, anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you color it well. <laughs> it's on my just for men. Yeah. <laughs> That was on. That was live. You just, <laughs> that's that's on there. You just told everyone. That's not coming back. <laughs> Everyone's gonna know. Everybody's like, Justin uses just for men. <laughs> Why does he still have so much gray? Yeah. That's the color I chose. <laughs> I chose just for men gray. Yeah. Platinum. For wisdom. <laughs> for wisdom. I'm doing reverse just for men. It's men for just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's too good. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> But, but so, yeah, I mean, it's just for me, I feel like that's, you know, we are heirs to to, you know, to God and to what he's set up for us. But we also because of that, we'll suffer here um, mm. on earth and it's going to be, in, you know, everyone is going to suffer differently. You know, like it's not going to be the same suffering for one to the other. And right. And because the suffering will happen at different p stages of life, like our it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, as soon as you turn 27, that's when suffering hits, you know, or like there's no like set age for, for that. And it's it's um, like we were speaking about earlier. It's it's ultimately for God's glory, even though it's a suffering for us. We it is going to either teach us something or um, even build something in our lives that it's going to better ourself for for him, you know, like mm. where I feel like we go through suffering or trials, whatever the situation may be, rough spots, we go through those things to build that character that God wants us to, you know, like to ultimately he wants us to have and we won't fully reach it here. But at the same time, you know, um, he says that yet we suffer now. Nothing is com nothing compares to the glory he will reveal to us later. So mm. we always have that hope and that that comfort to look forward to. And no matter what we see here or go through here, ultimately at the end, we have something better to look forward to. It's just yeah, that's so yeah. that's so true. And, you, and if you read on, right, because everybody knows verse twenty eight, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we know that all things, right, not some not the chosen things, right? That all things work together for the good of God, mm -hmm. for the good of those who love God, right? To those who are called according to his purpose, right? And then he goes on to talk about, you know, our, how, how God, you know, chose us from the womb, right? Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is, it's that refiner's fire that gets us. It's that process of sanctification that gets us from, like, you know, a big old chunk of dirt, right? By the time, you know, God's done sanctifying us, right? We're actually a nice, pure gold, right? Pure gold. Right? Mm -hmm. All the dross is out. Everything, everything's purified, and that's that's the amazing thing, right? Because there's no way that that you know me being a firefighter would have benefited anybody, right? Because it's it's a crazy life, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because you're you know you're 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 not a full blown adrenaline junkie, but there's so much so much stuff that's thrown at you that you know that you just it's hard to say no to everything, right? And plus, you know, it, it takes it takes a type A guy to do a job like that too, which you know, at at some point you 
you become bigger than than what you should be and who you think you are, mm-hmm. and that's that's a scary place to be as a man. Yeah. Right. Because we're we're called to be the leaders of our family. We're not called to compete with other men. We're not called to to look at ourselves better than anybody else. I and mean, we're called to be the leaders of our family. If we're fortunate enough to serve in ministries, if we're fortunate enough, you know, to minister to others outside of our you know our homes, our communities, and such. And those things, you know, are, are, are far greater than, than any job, right? Anything we do to compromise that is it's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and and that being said, like I mean, I feel like we owe a huge, you know, thanks and uh, a boatload of gratitude for the dudes that do ultimately serve in those things and yeah. and there are men that, you know, you know, in all professions that deal with what you're talking about there where there is the com- competitiveness and I feel like social media alone is that where Instagram <laughs> people are constantly comp- competing against someone else's highlight reel but like right. the men and women that do serve in those those capacities you know like they they um, they deserve a lot of you know applause and appreciation where they're not getting some of them you know firefighting they're not getting attacked as, as much as say the police officers are but right. they all in my eye deserve that respect because they are out there putting their lives or their even their families I mean I was listening to you know um, Tillman's right, um, podcast and he and today and it's, it was a you know an episode that was like leading right into coronavirus like things hadn't shut down yet when they were talking about it but he mm-hmm. him and, and AJ were saying that they're um they have to, you know, when there's a state of an emergency, they ha- it's a mandate. Basically, they're allowed to make sure that their families are safe first. Yep. But then as soon as that's done, they have to report to duty. And to me, I'm like, man, that would be hard to do because you're like, okay, you guys are safe. And I think they were even touching on this in the podcast, but it's like you're making sure they're safe, but then you have to leave. Yeah. And you know that's your number one. But you also have sworn in to have a duty to uphold and to protect and to be there, even if they, you know, I mean, that's Christian life, you know, even people are going to hate at you. I mean, look at what Jesus had to go through. He ultimately had to, to go through all of that hate and ridicule and just prayed for them and loved them either, even though, you know, like it's. But God, right? That's your, right. But God, that's it. That's it. That's that. That's that little. <laughs> that little. Uh, that little switch right there. But God, yeah, for sure. We owe a, we owe a debt of, a gratitude to all first responders, right? Even, you know, you think about the firefighters and the paramedics, but um, you know the police officers, law enforcement right now. They're just. There's a guy actually that lives in this neighborhood. He's actually a, a game warden, mm-hmm. uh, and on the bottom of his truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The biggest letters you could see says law enforcement. Like, nice. It's brave. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what they're called to do, right? But, yeah. you know, we, we, our job, our duties as Christians is to, to keep them lifted up in prayer yeah. and to ask for hedge, hedges of protection around them. Because, you know, it's been said so many times, right? But there's bad people everywhere. But for the most part, they're trying to protect us. You know? I agree. In the face of lawlessness, in the face of... The enemy, really, yeah. and what he's trying to do in the, in, the, in the division, in the seeds of division that he's sowing right now are just they're so bad. It's, so it's, it's important for us to, to keep them in prayer. And on that, since we're talking about that, I want to look at John chapter 15. <clears throat> John chapter 15 here. until you get there but this is something that's 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 been on my it's been on my heart um obviously for several reasons but first of all you know the the attack the attack on 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 christians and the attack on on even humanity that's taking place right now right you know if you look at john chapter 15 and then you look at verse 18 it says you know if the world hates you you know that it hated me before it hated you and that's almost like a recognition of how even this hatred that's taking place isn't necessarily personally directed at us, but it could be directed at like, you know, who, who we are, right? And it's interesting that at, right after that, you know, he talks about not being of this world, right? 
that he was able to rise above. We talked about this yesterday too, right? About the passion. He was able to rise above it, but it's so hard for us as 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 men to uh, to rise above it, right? It's so hard for us to 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 see the face of the enemy and then realize that we already won that battle. Mm-hmm. But you're in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't. It's hard. hard it's that, hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I like I told you guys yesterday. That, I just had a day yesterday where, like, I you know, I, I quit my job like four times. <laughs> I was over. I was like, man, this is dumb. Like, you guys don't get it. You know, we're wasting we're wasting each other's time. Like, I just I don't I don't quite understand why people are this way. But I'm in the face of the enemy, and I you know I'm and I'm at the point where I want to like just I do I want to quit or I want to blow it all up. You know, forget it. It's over. Like I'm I'm I'm, I'm done with you guys. But there's that little voice in the back of your head where the Lord's like, I put you here. Where are you going, right? Go, like we talked about yesterday, go to the back of the of the book, right? Revelations. What does it say right at the end? And amen. You already won. What are you, what are you complaining for, right? But it's 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 interesting to to um, to have that perspective. And the other thing was that you know, greater love has no no love than this than to lay down one's life for another brother, right? And that's what the first responders are doing. That's really what what nine eleven represents when we talk about don't forget it, and it's. You could see why it's a little bit of a passionate day for me because that's something that I wanted to be a part of yeah. and I couldn't. And I, I was I was I was fortunate enough to help out um, one of the fire stations for somebody that, that was was able to fly over there and be part of the teams that went over there. And I was fortunate enough at least to help out with that little part. Cool. Which was which was cool, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't near what I had in mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I it never is. No, it never is, right? <laughs> my mind, I resist. I, 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 I resisted the temptation to just say, you know what, I'm going. Yeah, I'm gonna go over there and I'm just gonna move rocks. But the Lord was like, you're not going because everybody that went there is sick right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I got more work for you to do. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we're all, especially you know, being believers, we're 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 first responders with a prayer, you know, mm-hmm. with for them mm-hmm. because even before they go out, we should be bathing them in that prayer that we were talking about earlier, but we're first responders even uh, as far as saving lives because if we're sharing the gospel with people and ultimately it changes their decision on salvation or on you know an eternal decision, we are serving that same purpose where we're right. laying our life because we could have just lived however we wanted to because we have a free will, but we're sacrificing that to save lives in another aspect you know so i think it's kind of ultimately you still are a first responder just in not in the, <laughs> just in prayer <laughs> yeah and just not in the, in the 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 vision that you saw like where it's i mean that the bible even says we're supposed to you know believe by by faith not by sight you know right. so our our vision and our we you know i tell my sister this and my my wife and my kids the same thing where it's i lived a, a worldly life for you know, 20 something years before then getting saved. So if you think about it, I've only been saved for, you know, eight, nine, yeah, like <laughs> last week. Last uh, week? <laughs> uh, like eight or nine years of like actual proper perspective thinking, not thinking how the world was telling me. And, and it was a gradual thing, you know, like when I first said I got saved, you know, like quote unquote saved. Uh, I am a different man even from that period. Right. You know, like, and I think that's that sanctification That's process. that sanctification, absolutely. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think it, it's interesting to think about, like, who we were, but back then, right, to, 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 to where we were now, and then you can't even imagine what God's going to do in the next, you know, however many years he blesses us with, right? Totally. But I think something you brought up about our, our ability to be first responders in prayer, I like that a lot. And um, I was able to go with Sherman to um, to Pomona, to Pomona PD. Mm-hmm. And then we just, uh, Sherman did a devotion, had some worship, did a devotion. That's cool. Yeah, and then just prayed, and it was... With the whole department? Or? It wasn't the whole department. I think it was just they chose either whoever there. was coming off of that shift or whoever was about to go on gotcha. that shift. Okay. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't more than, I guess I probably should put a number out there. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a lot of people. Handful. It was more than half. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot though, but it was interesting because another church came there 
And then some people that just happened to walk by stopped and chilled. Hmm. And it was like a good little group of people that you would think that, you know, anywhere else where, where, where you saw that, you'd be like, what's going on there? But it, we were all there to support them. Yeah. And, and they were so thankful and so grateful. That's cool. Like the look on their faces. And I, I, I have a thing like when, we, when, you, when you put your head down to pray... I always, especially when we're in church, I always, like, I'll pick my head up a couple of times just to make sure, like, nothing's going on, right? Because that's an opportune time mm. ever since what happened back east. Mm. I always pick my head up. And I pick my head up, and then I saw a couple of them finally, like, settling in and putting their heads down. Nice. Like, that, they were, like, letting their guard down, like, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to pray yeah. with these people and not worry about if one of them's going to attack me. Exactly, yeah. Right? And then... It, but it ministered to me because we had that opportunity to actually pray with them, thank them, and tell them we got their back. We got your guys' back. And the look on their faces, and they were, they were so, so appreciative. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know what we were going into. <laughs> I mean, not every person you run into is a Christian. They're like, oh, yeah, pray for me. Yeah. Right? Most of them are like, I'm sorry, you're going to do what? Yeah, don't pray for me. Yeah. Right? I don't even know you. Yeah. Right? But they were all cool. It was it was a blessing. So that's our that's our duty, right? Not not just on nine eleven, but to be first responders in prayer. Amen. Look at you, Nick. Yeah, and that goes for what every Sunday morning we got men of prayer. Men of prayer. If you're listening to this, you should be on that call or either uh, get your at butt church. to church. Get your yeah. butt to church. What is it? Is it it's upstairs, five hundred building. Yeah, five. I think it's five twenty three upstairs, seven o'clock every Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, be there, be square. Amen. All right, closing comments. Or do you have more? Do you have more? No, 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 no that's good. Do you have more? I think, um, hopefully that thing's still recording. I know, right? <laughs> um, oh, that's not bad. 41, almost 41 and a half minutes. That was good. That was cool. Uh, man, for closing, what do you got? Anything? I'm trying to think. I think, you know, I always, I always like to close out stuff with fun. I'm trying to think of something. Oh, I got something funny. I got something funny. So we have these Zoom calls right for work now. And uh, I, got, I got one of the guys on my team. Like He's, he's super funny. He's a good guy. Um, and I don't know how it came up, but it was like we were closing out a call and we were joking around. And then um, the president was going to join our call because he wanted to kind of be a part of each of the, the region's calls just to see what was going on and ask questions. He wanted you know, to, to, to dip down a level in the organization. And we're talking about that. And I told him, I don't know how much fun we're going to have on that call guys. You know what I mean? Cause normally we kind of keep it light. We have fun. We'll joke and poke fun at each other, but take care of business. So I said, you know, you guys got to keep it cool. And then one of the guys, his name is Chad. He's like, so I should, I should, I shouldn't wear my shirt. I don't, and I started laughing and the funny thing was that like three calls ago right or maybe it was more than that a, a couple of weeks before that like he actually did was not wearing a shirt on the call <laughs> like it was just funny because I start the call so I'm like the first one on and he jumps in he's like hey I was like you're not wearing a shirt yeah. you're not that late bro <laughs> At least put a shirt He's on. like, I'll go put one on. And I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to surprise everybody right now. So as each person comes in, they're like, oh, Chad doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> that's awesome. But it's funny how, you know, like just, just some knucklehead that's brave enough to not wear a shirt yeah. on a Zoom call, <laughs> you know, brought some, uh, brought, brought, brought some humor. <laughs> brought some humor. What about you? Um, it doesn't have to be funny. It could be serious. It could be serious, um, man. I don't. I. I think right now, with uh, just remembering nine eleven, you know, the never forget thing. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, this many years later, like what next year will be twenty years. Twenty years. Um, we need that kind of call of unity again. You know, where America, like you said, shut down not because someone told them to, or not because the government told him to, it was more of a, like almost like a fear of the unknown, but going home with it and trying to come together and and being um, encouraged or, you know, trying to grow from that, that moment forward where 
because of how 2020 has been, I feel we need to, like it has been a purging of so many different things, but I feel like we do need to replant and, and get some growth again. And, you know, we're, growth is only going to happen, at least healthy growth for, for our country or for our homes or for our community is going to be ultimately grounding ourselves back into to God's word and having That's that, it. you know, like um, that biblical worldview where there is a moral right and wrong to things and not because you don't feel like you should be said you're like wrong, but because it is wrong, you know, mm -hmm. like. And feelings aside, you know, because everyone has emotions and everyone's feelings are going to be different. But if we can at least come together and start being un uh, unity in some way, shape or form. And I feel like that's going to start with rooting it because anything else is just going to crumble. Like we've seen you, you try to structure on top of building your house on sand. sand. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and people that sometimes when you, you know, like you're, you're not a Christian or you don't want to think in that way. Sometimes hearing biblical scripture being thrown out can be taken uh, with a grain of salt or kind of just like over the head, you know, because, oh, yeah, I heard that. But I always tell my family t that when I go to church or when I'm reading in the morning or whatever, when I get into the word, I'm trying to learn it how a kid would learn it because I ultimately have to be able to explain it to a kid because my kids or mm -hmm. because and being honest, I don't feel like a lot of people are as smart as they think they are. You know, like we're, we can be smart in a, in a book's view or whatever, but as far as being smart and knowing what is morally right or wrong, we have become kind of dumb about. And Chuck Smith, in a, in a teaching I was listening to, he was, he was, he was getting at, after his church, his congregation, because a number of kids in a survey they took at their church admitted that they watch MTV. And, and granted, this is probably like 20 years ago because they're making a big deal about MTV, which right. MTV is like not even a thing anymore. Like, right. But he was making a big deal and calling out his church saying that they must not think straight because they let their children watch MTV because of what it was felt like fueling them. And he said that the world... The world's already going to be tricky enough to navigate through. Why give that to your kids at such a young age where they can't process right and wrong morally? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, years later, obviously, you know, Pastor Chuck's gone to heaven. But I've in my lifetime, I've seen that decay where those things have become more of the normal to where now you have adult cartoons because people are that <laughs> immature. Immature. Right. They need to laugh at dumb jokes instead of actually doing something that's gonna build them up as a person and try to like kind of learn even, you know, like mm -hmm. as soon as you get com I mean, we've talked about the con content and complacent yep. thing where there's a difference between com content and complacent where you, you can be complacent and lazy and not learn and just be okay with that, you know? And I'm not against relaxing and kind of getting a chill moment or hitting a neutral every now and then, but you do got to put it in gear and kind of keep moving at Absolutely. some point, you know, especially when you hit some hills, you're not going <laughs> to coast up those right. things, you know, so. But yeah, I think, I think that's, that's good. You know, we have, we have everything we need, right? You know, we have this Bible, we have God's word. You know, if we use it as a filter for everything that we have in life, then you know we'll, we'll be a lot better. But you're right; it takes it takes maturity, it takes dedication, it takes some absolute dedication to stay into His Word and to be devoted to Him and to devote your devote your life to Him. Because everything outside of this is trying to pull you away from it, right? Yeah. Everything else, you're completely under attack, and you're fooling yourself if you think otherwise, right? But everything else is under attack. Your family's under attack. Your your health is under attack, right? Your, you know, your, um, your work is under attack. Like everything's under attack. But if you can root and filter everything through this, you can see it, right? You can understand it. Right? Yeah. You can, you can minister to people. You can make it through things and tell them, hey, look, you know, this, this scripture says this is ministered to me today. You're able to share with people. 
And even people that have heard that scripture before, or I'm sure you've run into this, but people say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, they're talking about how they were at a bar. I'm like, I don't know, right? There's there's some things that tell you that, hey, look, if you're a Christian and you say that you go to this church and the way you told me you go to that church, like I go to this church. It's like, well, you know, the church is... It's the body of Christ, right? It's not the name of your church. And because you go there and thousands of other people go there, it doesn't make you a Christian. Yeah. Right? This, you know, the word of God makes you a Christian, right? That relationship makes you a Christian. But you're right, man. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. There's one more thing I forgot. And that's um, what happened after 9-11. Um, and I asked you that question and I almost forgot. But what happened after 9-11 was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I don't know, I pray that we will be able to experience again, but I don't know if we'll ever experience it again. There was so much unity mm-hmm. and so much like pride for being an American mm-hmm. that was just, it, it was not only there visual, it was palpable. And I, I remember like everywhere I look, like dudes were looking at each other like, yeah, if it goes down, it's me and you, right? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you had this, this 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 feeling of like comfort mm-hmm. like don't mess with america like which who do you think you are right yeah right yeah and, and i hope that one day that we could that we could get to that because there's a few things that we could point to you know in 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 history in our lives that led us to the decay that we're in and one of them was kicking god out of schools and not saying the pledge of allegiance you know once those things happen pastor said this right as soon as you kick God out of the school, like what did you think was going to happen? Right? When these school shootings start happening, mm-hmm. God can only come to the parking lot and pray. Mm-hmm. Right? You guys won't let them in the school. You don't want them in there. Right? As soon as that stuff happens, like you said earlier, that moral decay starts setting in. But I pray that we would get back to that post 9-11 America that was just so in, in love and, in, in, and um, devoted to the, to the country. And obviously, you know, when you do something like that, you know, it, it, it opens people's eyes and hearts and minds for us to minister to them and share the gospel with them mm-hmm. and, and, and bring them to Jesus. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot of times, right? But it, it's all going to be what we've done before that prepares us for that ministry when they're in front of us, right? If we have a bad rap or we're a bad person or we're some kind of punk, they're not going to want to hear what we have to say. But if we're humble and we're meek, right, we're kind, we're gentle, mm-hmm. right, we have self-control, right, we're exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit, that opens up the door for them to hear exactly what we're saying. True. It's gonna, say it is going to be our witness for sure. And no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Because right. we, we could ask our wives, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> our actions are always speak louder than our words. For sure. 100%. I'll say it all the time and it's the hardest thing to do. Because <laughs> right. it's, a, I mean, it's a daily walk, you know, like Absolutely. it's like even saying about my personal walk of being, you know, so many years in the world, so many years out of it. Uh, even some years trying to play both, you know, like where if you only go to church on Sunday and that's the only time you open your Bible, that's one day out of seven. Mm. So the other six days you're being bombarded with full distractions, full anxiety, full everything. Everything, yeah. Where that's why we have to be involved um you know, in, in so many different ways where you're, one, reading the word and kind of setting the structure there. But, I mean, it, it's the pillars of our church, right? Like yeah. the, the word, you know, worship, witness, and, uh, and witness, you know, like where it's, I mean, that's as plain as you can put it. Where you got to be in the word, got to worship. Because mm-hmm. I feel like worship, there's a lot of people miss that part of it. Like worship kind of like prepares you for the word, you yeah. know, like where it's like the word's number one. Because that's what we build on yep. and off of and, and trust. But like the worship kind of prepares our hearts for that receiving and uh, is a way of kind of glorifying. It's the one thing that, you know, I forgot who I think, oh man, I can't remember who said it, but like that's the one thing that exists on earth that's also going to exist in heaven. Yeah, that's worship. what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. The only thing that exists that's in both places besides our souls, you know, our souls are, you know, God willing, that's, you know, like everyone can make it to heaven, but we'll be worshiping when, we, when we're there. But then, you know, the, the witness and the witness are two other key pillars that are going to hold you up where your witness is going to 
be your character, your integrity, that you're going to, you know, people are going to trust you because you are living out the, what you're saying. But then the witness, you have to be able to, the you know, the iron sharpening iron, you have to be able to be with brothers or sisters and ones that are going to build you up and edify you internally and externally, you know, not just for you know a world's sake or whatever right not for not 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 fellowship and just for fellowship it's not just a sake. party yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but there, but you have conversation or you uh lift each other up i mean we we do the basketball one you know like mm -hmm. we're right now there would be no athletics church-wise and Anything. honestly secular wise too yeah. because i can't even play soccer anymore because the arena is shut down the so like down. everything's closed but the lord still provided through something that he started a while ago and it's now kind of progressed into right. like hey this is kind of our little underground church for athletics you know <laughs> and pastor said it today i don't know if you saw that youtube thing that that john did it's like a, a moment with pastor. oh yeah that was cool yeah so yeah. pastor even his he said his one of his first ministry i don't know if he said it's the first but he no, said, he said it was of, his first the first ministry that he he's the chaplain for the softball team boom yeah and that, i mean for me, me that hits me real close to home because that was the first thing i got involved with the church because that was the thing i related to yep Same i didn't here. relate to a bible study i didn't you know i'm yeah. like oh, well i'm gonna go talk to a bunch of guys about the bible okay right. like right off the get-go that doesn't sound cool now i'm like <laughs> Now I'm like, that right, does sound cool. Right, you're sold out, right? Yeah. Now we're sold but, out. Uh, but then I, I didn't think that sounded that cool. It wasn't that appealing, you know? Like, yeah. I just pictured a bunch of, I mean, not to sound weird, but I pictured a bunch of old men talking about Bible verses, which it's not just old men. And yes, you are talking about Bible verses, but everyone's going to get, like, the Lord knows how to work on people's hearts. He's the ultimate heart surgeon right and he like he knows what he needs to do to get into our hearts because he ultimately wants us to be saved he doesn't want us he doesn't want to destroy his creation no not by any means that's a good point too because th that witness is actually what allows you to have that fellowship with other men but it it actually strengthens your fellowship with jesus too mm -hmm. because you're all there for jesus you're mm -hmm. all there for each other but you yearn for more of that fellowship when you, when you have it, right? And athletics was, like you said, athletics was that thing for me. But you think about, you think about that separation and all the, like right now that purging of the church is happening and the separation that's taking place. There's so many men that we've prayed for that we know that we've hear, you hear like some of these stories and people that are struggling, like, I don't know if I can come back to church or you hit somebody like, hey bro, I haven't seen you. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it. And you don't see him. You're like, hey, bro, where are you at? Like, you see people that are just like falling away. Mm -hmm. That witness and that time that they had separated from it, it was just enough for a spiritual eclipse. Something got between them and their walk, right? Them and Jesus. Something got in between them. And that's, you know, those things are the ones that, you know, that, 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 that haunt us. But that's why, you know, those pillars are so important. Obviously, pastor's wisdom and putting those in place, right? Where, yeah, huge. Or, you know, when he did that, right, we're obviously far beyond, you know, beyond his years and, and, and led by the Spirit. But it, that witness is just it's so important. It's so important. And there's so many times in, that we could read, you know, in the, in the Bible about how important that witness was and how it, you know, how it helped people out, right? Moses needed somebody. Right. You know, Abraham needed somebody with him, right? Each person that we could think of, Joshua needed somebody with him, right? David's mighty men, right? He needed those guys there, right? You you need you need that 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 witness because there's times where you're in a pit and sometimes somebody's not gonna get you out. Yeah. Right? You know, unless it's a brother. Yeah. Right? Because you can't call you, know, you can't call somebody and say, Hey bro, you know, I'm I'm really down. Hey, no promise, go drinking. That's not the answer. Yeah. Right, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. Right, that what you need is somebody to, to 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 cry with you, to pray with you, you know, to be there for you, and sometimes just not to say anything. Right, right? just to just to be there. That's a good point, man. I like that. It's the original mask, huh? Like, it is right. Let's go drink or let's go do the, like to get your mind off of that's it. That's it. It's like the original mask of, well, maybe not the original, but it's the for my generation that was for our the, yeah. Like, well, I don't know because I'm older than you. Yeah. Maybe we're not the yeah. same generation anymore now. That now we probably still relate there. <laughs> 25 years it's 21 years you know like, <laughs> i think five still okay right but you're right because the the um 
the self-medicating mm-hmm. of what our generation did because that's what everybody did. And it, it was almost like a we were heirs, right, to our parents of how they self-medicated and yeah. then we self-medicated. And then that, that, whole, that whole trend, you know, continued. So I can't tell you how many times it, I've, I've been able to minister to people, but it's been one of the more awkward conversations. Like, what do you mean you don't drink? Christian, you know, I have this great opportunity to serve in ministry and minister to people. I would never compromise that ministry, and I can, you know, give you a couple of, you know, a couple of scriptures that it actually, you know, recommend that we shouldn't drink. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, there's no value in it. Like, what do you get out of it? You're going to spend all this money, and it didn't draw you close. Thanks for listening to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. We hope and pray this episode blessed you. And if you're able, please post or share with someone that may also enjoy the listen. Thank you.